It's Thursday, October 10th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Turkey continued its invasion of northern Syria today. America's Kurdish allies are coming under attack, but there are also worries that detained ISIS terrorists could get free. Then we've covered climate marches and climate speeches, but a new generation of activists is trying something else, protesting in the streets and in the courts. And finally, Sesame Street is taking on another tricky topic. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Uber. The most complicated story today is about Turkey and a key U.S. ally, Kurdish-led fighters in Syria. Yesterday, Turkish troops started attacking Kurdish fighters in northern Syria. And today, attacks continued from the ground and from the sky. And a lot of people are upset about it. So we're going to get into the big concern on people's minds. What happens to ISIS prisoners being held by the Kurds? How the U.S. is reacting and what the rest of the world has to say. Let's get into it, starting with those ISIS prisoners. As we mentioned on Monday's show, for the past few years, the Kurds have been helping the U.S. fight ISIS. Kurdish fighters have done most of the fighting on the ground, and they've taken a lot of prisoners. When we say a lot, we mean a lot. Makeshift Kurdish prisons in Syria are holding thousands of ISIS fighters. And everyone from Pentagon officials to U.S. lawmakers and foreign leaders worry Turkey's attacks could set those prisoners loose, which obviously would undo a lot of the progress made in reducing ISIS's terror threat. President Trump says Turkey has to take responsibility for making sure the prisoners stay in prison. But in case that doesn't happen, Trump said yesterday, there's a contingency plan. We are uh, taking some of the most dangerous ISIS fighters out. We've taken them out and we're putting them in different locations where it's secure. The U.S. has already removed two British ISIS fighters, nicknamed the Beatles by ISIS. And the U.S. is reportedly planning to remove several dozen more. And Trump downplayed the threat of other ISIS prisoners escaping, saying if they did, they'd be escaping to Europe. So not our problem. So that's one big concern everyone's talking about. But world leaders are reacting to the attacks themselves and whether it's right for Turkey to launch this attack in the first place. Let's start off with the U.S. response. Earlier this week, Trump effectively gave the green light to Turkey's attack by pulling U.S. troops out of the area. He said he was trying to bring troops home. But after the attack started and people got upset, he changed his tune. Yesterday, he called Turkey's move a bad idea. And he's also threatened to obliterate Turkey's economy if Turkey wipes out the Kurds. Though that's already starting to happen, and Trump has thus far held off on attacking Turkey's economy. Which is why two senators are teaming up to spell that out for him and saying, Turkey already crossed the line. Republican Lindsey Graham and Democrat Chris Van Hollen say they plan to introduce legislation to impose, quote, severe sanctions against senior Turkish officials and ban any U.S. military transactions with Turkey. And they think that bill will get bipartisan support. Meanwhile, military officials are reportedly angry. The Pentagon doesn't like that the U.S. abandoned its allies. And like we mentioned before, they're worried about the ISIS prisoners. But officials are also concerned that these attacks could have long-term repercussions. Like, they can make it harder for the U.S. to convince local partners to fight with them in the future. 
Analysts also worry that the U.S. leaving could create a void and allow adversaries like Iran and Russia to step in. The U.S.'s allies around the world are also raising their eyebrows. Five European members of the United Nations Security Council called for an emergency meeting today to talk about what Turkey's doing and how they should respond. Yesterday, a UN spokesperson said that the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, was, quote, very concerned by developments in Syria and that any military operation had to respect international humanitarian laws. Meanwhile, leaders in the European Union, like France and the UK, have condemned the attacks. Here was European Union Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker talking to EU lawmakers yesterday. I call on Turkey, as well on the other actors, to act with restraint and to stop operations already, as we are speaking, underway. This military action is not leading to good results. And leaders in the Middle East, from Iraq and Israel to Kuwait and Saudi Arabia, have also condemned or expressed concerns about the attacks, saying they could destabilize the region. So what's the skim? Turkey's attacks have reportedly killed more than a dozen Kurdish fighters so far, along with some civilians. The death toll is only expected to keep rising. Meanwhile, Turkey says its fighters and civilians are also coming under attack. And back in Syria, the attacks are displacing tons of civilians, more than 60,000 so far. But even as the international community continues to speak out against the attacks, Turkey is holding firm and fighting back. Earlier today, Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, said his military would continue their operation. And he threatened that if Europeans kept criticizing his moves, he would, quote, open the gates and allow 3.6 million Syrian refugees currently staying in Turkey to find refuge in Europe. Talk about a bold response. Coming up, climate change activists are also being bold and trying to raise awareness. That's next. We know you're busy. Stay on the move safely with Uber. At Uber, all drivers are background checked before their first ride and then rescreened every year. And now, Uber has introduced a brand new safety feature called RideCheck. Using GPS and smartphone sensors, RideCheck can detect if a trip goes unusually off course and check in to provide support. RideCheck is just one of the ways Uber is committed to safety. Learn more at uber.com safety. That's uber.com safety. We've talked about climate summits, climate speeches, and climate marches. But lately, we've been seeing some new ways people are trying to get the message across. You might have heard of a group of climate change activists called the Extinction Rebellion. Over the last year, they brought London to a halt multiple times. They've blocked roads and bridges, glued themselves to trains, and even sprayed fake blood on a government building, all to raise awareness of what they say is a climate emergency. They're in the middle of a two-week-long protest, and today was day four. And they decided to take their rebellion to London City Airport. Protesters blocked entrances. One person climbed on top of a plane, and another was arrested after grounding a flight for refusing to take his seat or leave the plane. Frustrated commuters aside, the Extinction Rebellion's been winning admirers, with a poll earlier this year showing nearly half of millennials and Gen Zers support the group. Young climate activists are also taking a more mellow approach in the courtroom. 
Yesterday, the Alaska Supreme Court heard a case brought by 16 young people who say Alaska's pro-fossil fuel policies threaten what they say is a constitutional right to a stable and safe climate. They argue Alaskan laws promoting fossil fuel development should be declared unconstitutional because the laws prioritize money over future health problems. The lead plaintiff, Esau Sinok, kicked off his legal fight against Alaska after rising sea levels started washing away parts of his home village. He spoke outside the court yesterday. The one and only place that I get to call home is being eaten by the sea. It's really stressful and really uh, scary. These young activists sued back in 2017, but a lower court ruled against them. So it's unclear if they'll find success this time around. But Alaska's Supreme Court is still hearing them out. And we can't talk climate change without checking in on Greta Thunberg. Part of what makes her activism turn so many heads is that she's kind of got an all-of-the-above approach. She's joined the extinction rebels on the streets and filed a human rights complaint of her own to the UN about the climate. And now, a lot of people are betting on the 16-year-old climate activist to win this year's Nobel Peace Prize tomorrow. One London-based bookie, William Hill, says over 96% of Nobel Peace Prize bets have been placed on Greta who, at this point, is still too young to place a bet of her own. It's Skim Money Thursday, and we want to talk about how long commutes can affect not just your mood, but also your wallet. The U.S. Census Bureau just crunched the numbers and found the average one-way commute in America has reached an all-time high of 27 minutes. To and from the office, that's almost an hour-long commute. And studies show people with longer commutes tend to be less physically active, which can lead to high blood pressure or even cardiovascular disease, which could mean potentially spending more money on healthcare. One study about job satisfaction showed that an additional 20 minutes to your commute is the equivalent of getting a 19% pay cut. And that sounds basically unacceptable. Since we can't disapparate Harry Potter style, one thing that could help is telecommuting. It can lead to higher job satisfaction and engagement. And data shows that right now, 40% of the American workforce is already doing it in some way. So maybe it's an idea worth bringing up the next time you're at the negotiating table. For more on how some of the biggest headlines can impact your wallet, head on over to theskim.com money. Also, we just released the second episode of our Asking for a Friend series, featuring women who've made their finances work against all odds. This week, we're talking to Alexa, who, on her own, bought her first New York City apartment before she turned 30. It's all a learning curve, and you're going to be so proud of yourself at the end. Every single time I walk into my apartment, I say the same phrase. I say, you pulled it off. To see all the steps Alexa had to take, watch the episode now at theskim.com new. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Sesame Street and a six-year-old Muppet named Carly. Hi, it's me, Carly. I'm here with my friend, Celia. Both our parents have had the same problem, addiction. Sesame Street has covered a ton of sensitive and difficult topics in its 50 years on the air. 
Everything from racism to homelessness to what it means to be HIV positive. And now, it's tackling something nearly 6 million young kids in the U.S. are dealing with every day. Parents struggling with substance abuse. The people behind Sesame Street say they hope Carly's new storyline will help kids develop their own coping strategies and help parents figure out how to address addiction with their kids. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.